Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 55, Practicing Harmony with the Tao. She who possesses firmly established righteousness is like a child newborn who fears neither the stings of poisonous creatures nor the claws of wild beasts nor the talons of birds of prey. Her bones are weak, her muscles are soft, and yet she seizes objects firmly. She is without the passions of sex, yet there is creative power within her. This comes from the perfection of the life force. The newborn will cry all day without losing her voice, and this comes from the perfection of harmony and her powers. To know harmony is to be firmly established. To be firmly established is to be enlightened. To extend her life outward is calamity. When the impulse of vital energy springs from the heart, this is called strength. When beings have thus reached their full growth, they begin to grow old. That is what is called failure to follow the way. She who follows not the way soon perishes. That's verse 55 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Charles Johnston. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one shows us what harmony looks like, and part two says... Okay, if you're in harmony, this is how you stay in harmony. <laughs> All right. So we're comparing someone who is in harmony with the Tao with, an, uh, with a newborn child. So Lao Tzu says, 
that a newborn child doesn't fear the stings of poisonous creatures or the claws of wild beasts nor the talons of birds of prey. She's weak, her muscles are soft, and yet she has a firm grip on things. And she has this creative power within her that's just pure. The other thing that we can notice is that the newborn will cry all day without losing her voice. Like I've experienced this before, literally. <laughs> and I'm wondering how, where where does she get the where does she get the power to do that? Okay. So as adults, you know, of course, we've we've grown a little bit and you know, we have life experience and everything like that. So these qualities don't come as easily to us, right? But I feel like what Lao Tzu says is that's okay. Um, follow the Tao, be in harmony with the Tao, and you'll be like this state, right? So there is strength and vulnerability. Um, basically, there's strength and purity. There's strength in creation. And these are all soft aspects of our personalities, aren't they? They're not aspects that that make you think about doing something or making something into some, you know, creating something awesome and, and big and impactful, you know, at least not with the intent of doing that in the very beginning. No, we're talking about these qualities that are latent, just like the yin is in the Tao, right? Um, so anyways, that's my interpretation of what harmony with the Tao looks like. Um, we can liken our quote superpowers with the Tao um, to the effortlessness with which a baby exists, <laughs> basically. Okay, so now part two actually talks about how to stay there. Okay, so basically Lao Tzu is saying um, to be firmly established is to be enlightened and to extend her life outward as calamity. Okay, so how to stay on the path is not to stray from the path. Okay, that sounds glib and flippant, <laughs> right? Like sometimes, you know, I like to tell myself, Dan, you're walking the path by walking the path. Now to the uninitiated, of course, that sounds like some malarkey, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but I assure you, no malarkey here. <laughs> um, basically, we're saying, okay, look, Allow things to be easy. Allow things to just come to you. Do nothing. The the whole Wu Wei thing. Like, just don't try to make anything better. Don't try to, like, don't don't try to enhance this experience that you have with a doubt. Just allow it to be. Allow it to be beautiful. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Just allow that which is already your original nature. And and so doing, that's how we stay on the path. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't try to improve uh, things for our lives and for our descendants and our kids and, and the people that we love? No, that's not what that means. What it means is don't fix what isn't broken. And if my harmony with the Tao isn't broken, there is nothing I need to do to improve upon that. Now, what I do need to do is continue to participate, continuing, continue to walk the path, right? So I can stay on the path. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, there we go. That's part two. Thanks for listening to me while I explain this. Okay. So to wrap it up, let's remember that verse 55 has two parts to it. Part one 
talks about what harmony looks like. And part two talks about, well, how to stay on the path. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 55 again. She who possesses firmly established righteousness is like a child newborn who fears neither the stings of poisonous creatures, nor the claws of wild beasts, nor the talons of birds of prey. Her bones are weak, her muscles are soft, and yet she seizes objects firmly. She is without the passions of sex, yet there is creative power within her. This comes from the perfection of the life force. The newborn will cry all day without losing her voice, and this comes from the perfection of harmony in her powers. To know harmony is to be firmly established. To be firmly established is to be enlightened. To extend her life outward is calamity. When the impulse of vital energy springs from the heart, this is called strength. When beings have thus reached their full growth, they begin to grow old. This is what is called failure to follow the way. She who follows not the way soon perishes. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering practicing harmony with the Tao. There are two things. The first is vulnerability. And the second is staying on the path. Vulnerability. Have you ever seen those videos where sometimes predator mothers take care of prey babies? Like a lioness taking care of a baby gazelle or something like that. Domestically, we could see dogs and cats coexisting and actually caring for one another. There's this thing I think we all have that makes us want to care for a new life. I mean, anytime we see anything in its baby state, like kittens, puppies, little tender green leaves on a plant, even baby hippos, we're always like, oh, they're so cute. And of course, human babies. What is it about them that makes us gush all over inside? Well, there's this air of new potential, innocence, and purity, isn't there? There's something so endearing about that newness and vulnerability that just draws us to it. We don't have to limit ourselves to babies either. Anything that's young and pure. Have you seen two people in love? They're openly vulnerable to each other and the rest of the world. And how about seeing someone passionate about what they're doing? An artist in the moment. A person at one with the music. A speaker who moves the crowd. A scientist who's at one with her discovery of how the universe works. In short, when we observe people in flow, that does something to us. I feel like Lao Tzu is telling us here that we don't have to settle for the moment to be in flow. Flow or in the zone or vulnerable and new is a state that's accessible to us much more than I think we realize is what I mean by that. I mean, it feels great. I'll bet you know exactly what I'm talking about. That feeling when everything is right with the world and you're doing that which you're meant to do and you know it. Others know it. The universe knows it. All we have to do, he says, 
has become filled with character or virtue or the day. Those are all synonyms. I'm interpreting this as emulating the Tao and everything I do at all times. <laughs> okay, so uh, when I compare my current state with the state that he's talking about, I find that there are many gaps. <laughs> I find myself in the flow the minority of times as opposed to most of the time. But that's okay, since I'm all right with knowing that I've got my work cut out for me. My sense is that he's giving us the ideal picture, which we can come very close to, quote, achieving. Perhaps that's what people mean when they talk about the masters. The masters have been able to do that, been able to get to a place where they're present all the time, or most of the time, as opposed to not most of the time. <laughs> so regardless of who I seem to be or where I seem to be, I have somewhat of a roadmap now, as outlined by Lao Tzu. When I emulate the Tao with my being, I possess a strength that seems weak. I am vulnerable to me, the universe, and others, so that no one wants to mess with it. They just want to appreciate what truth and harmony actually look like. Well, that's the first thing in this part. The second thing in this first part is when Lao Tzu talks about not knowing the union of male and female yet being whole. Now, from what I can tell across translations and other texts, he's referring on the surface to sexual energy, which, when cultivated, literally results in life and creating more life external to our bodies and also creating more life internal to our bodies. So have you noticed below the surface times when you're just bursting at the seams with creativity? Or sometimes there are days when you feel especially alive Vitality is a word that comes to mind now for me. And I think that's the internal energy that, that he's talking about. When I emulate the Tao and cultivate the, I'm conserving and directing my creative energy consciously. And so the third thing in this first part we're talking about is effortless work. Crying all day without becoming hoarse in this case. So what do we mean? What do I mean by that? Well, the embodiment of Wu Wei. Working, living, and playing effortlessly. Like absent desires, willing to perform whatever tasks the Tao sets in front of us, completing it in service to ourselves and others, and then realizing at the end of it that it wasn't such an ordeal anyway. Have you experienced things that seemed at first like they were going to be hard, but once you got the right attitude, they weren't so bad? I feel like that's what we're talking about here. So, of course, I'm not personally at this ideal. I've begun to experience it a bit while studying and doing the Tao. This verse reminds me how much more I've got to do, which is totally fine with me. My sense is that it matters not what the road looks like, where it goes, what its destination is. Rather, it matters that I'm just walking it. By walking the path that's in front of me, I can take advantage of the lessons that Tao has provided in order to refine my energy, to refine my character, or Dei, as Lao Tzu calls it. Staying on the path. Do you remember that path we walked on two verses ago? 
We were in a forest on the main path headed to where we didn't know <laughs> with little offshoot paths. And they seemed to be luring us down them, but we kept going. Then we got into an elevator that suddenly popped out of nowhere and showed us the bigger plan. We said that the offshoots were just temporary diversions from the main path we were to walk. And there was definitely a destination. It's just that it seems invisible while we're back on the ground walking again. Well, here we are again, trudging on that path, sometimes cheerful, sometimes not so much. Avoiding the side paths when we can, and from time to time allowing one to pull us in for a hopefully temporary stay. We know what the way feels like, what it is, and the biggest thing of all, if we're on it or not. Lao Tzu tells us in the first part of this verse that if we're on the way, we are strong in our vulnerability, our creative energies are retained, and we're not needlessly spending them on diversions, and we're walking effortlessly. So, I don't know about you, but from time to time, I get bored. <laughs> While I'm walking the path, the stones crunch the same way over and over. The trees don't seem to change, and it's one curve in the path after another. Sometimes I'm all, dude, a waterfall or a stream would be cool. And in those moments, I may have an idea. I may get the idea that I should liven up the path a bit. Maybe play games with seeing how many drag marks I can make with my feet. Maybe taking branches from the side of the way and pretending they're swords or using them to draw shapes in the path. Perhaps I even get an idea that it would be neat if the path was paved into a road and I could get to my destination faster if I had a skateboard, a bike, even a car. To what end, though? Let's say I'm on the path and I get that momentary feeling of boredom and I want to make improvements to my experience. Aren't I slowing my effortless progress? The goal, as I saw from the elevator, is to get to that magic place. So why drag my feet along, even if it seems fun for a moment? Why try to pretend I'm something my inherent nature isn't by waving pretend swords around? If I had a vehicle that would get me there faster, wouldn't I be missing the whole experience? Maybe what makes that magic place magic is my experience of the mundane. Maybe it's magic only after I have learned a thing or two about the forest through careful observation. Maybe on the surface, when I get there, it seems like any other place. But only after I have absorbed the forest's energy does the place truly come to life. Maybe I am already at my destination, but I must tune myself to it. Lao Tzu talks about not needing to improve upon the way. After thinking about how the first path is the purpose, that's the point, that's the thing I must do to get my destination, I understand how everything I do that tries to improve my experience is just a distraction. Well, that's fine, says the younger Dan, but what is this? I can't improve my economic conditions? I can't make my life better than what I found it for me and my children or their descendants? And what about that whole thing from the last verse when we talked about refining our energies to bring positive change of the world around us now in each generation? Hmm? What about that, smarty pants? <laughs> 
vulnerability, creative energy, and effortless work. In response to Younger Dan, I would say that what he's talking about has nothing and everything to do with improving upon the way. Here's how it has nothing to do with it. These qualities I embrace are not directly involved in improving my personal economics, are they? Is anyone saying that we can't have our creature comforts? Is anyone saying not to use the things around us to our advantage or the advantage of others? No, it's not directly involved. I think the main idea is that we can stay focused on where we are, what we're doing, not looking away to the horizon, but paying attention to the best of our ability. And how would it be related to everything then? Well, it's simple. The way and paying attention allows our vulnerability to act as a defense. It allows us to create not only things in front of us, but massively impactful situations for others and therefore ourselves later down the road. And it allows us to do it all without getting tired. So I suppose my main takeaway for this second part is this. I know what it's supposed to look like if I'm on the path and in harmony. I know that sometimes it seems like I can do it better. If I refrain from trying to improve upon my path experience, I will arrive at my destination effortlessly. All I need to do is watch and take it all in. So let's be honest. Getting up, doing the exercise, doing the meditations, doing the life stuff, the same stuff over and over again. (laughs) That seems boring sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Especially when I've got things bothering me. Especially then. Or when I'm tired. I simply don't want to do it. But I do it. To the best of my ability, I do it. Even when I don't want to. And when I don't do it, I'm nice to myself about it. I just do what I can. I just keep doing what I can. What this does is this helps me to keep the habit alive. So when I do want to do and participate fully, I haven't lost any of my ability. And further, in those times when I don't want to practice refining my energy through physical, emotional, or mental exercises, there's a little trick I can employ. I can ask the Tao for the willingness And guess what? Since I'm practiced at effortless creation in my vulnerability before the Tao, the willingness actually appears when I allow it to. How dope is that? So I feel like that's a great place to leave off for today. To wrap up my experience with this verse and considering practicing harmony with the Tao, I thought about two things. One, was vulnerability and two was staying on the path for the final piece of this episode let's consider how we can apply the principle of practicing harmony with the Tao in this verse today now ever since verse 53 I feel like Lao Tzu has been leading us to a call to action in this verse On the surface, though, it wouldn't seem so after having read it. Where's the call to action? Well, my main clue is in the Hua Huqing. We've talked about that one before. Verse 55 in the Hua Huqing is unlike any of its previous verses. It lists 17 practices that help us, quote, attain harmony with the Tao. 
Stuff like Tai Chi, the Yijing, and Feng Shui are just three of them. I would encourage you to look it up. A quick Google search for the Hua Hu Ching, chapter 55, should yield you some good results. So that's Hua, that's H-U-A, Hu, which is H-U, and then Ching, which is C-H-I-N-G, Hua Hu Ching. But why a call to action now? Well, verse 53 asked us to consider staying on the path. And verse 54 told us that by doing that, we contribute to not only our own development, but that of others in future generations. And now, verse 55 is telling us what that magical place in the forest looks like from a personal point of view. So for me, the next logical question might be, okay, so how do I do that? <laughs> I look in the Huahuching and bam, there it is. As we observed, there are 17 practices. More than enough for a lifetime, it seems overwhelming until I realize that it's one foot in front of the other, trudge, trudge, trudge on that path. There is a call to beginners there, and that's the daily practice of reading the Yijing, spelled I space C-H-I-N-G, so Yijing, I-C-H-I-N-G, Yijing. I like saying it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so here's how it works. There are 64 readings in the Yijing. Uh, do you remember those magic eight balls growing up? You'd ask it a question and shake it up and the answer was supposed to show in that little window. Well, this is like that magic eight ball, but a thousand times better. Okay, so the thing about this is do you take it seriously? Do you not take it seriously? Um... Is it supposed to tell you your fortune? I think no. I think the idea is that this book helps me to direct my attention in specific ways that may or may not be working with my current energy. That's up for you to decide how that is with you. The main benefit that I derive personally from reading the Yijing is I receive reminders of the principles that we talk about in the Tao Te Ching, reminders, just in everyday situations, and it really, really helps out. Okay, so how does the actual reading work? Well, it's kind of random. Okay, so you've got three coins. You throw the coins, you flip them, you spin them around, whatever, and they'll come up heads or tails. Heads gets a value of three, and tails gets a value of two. So you add up the value of each coin, and you'll get the numbers six, seven, eight, or nine. And if your total's an even number, a six or an eight, you draw a broken horizontal line on a piece of paper. And if your total is an odd number, like seven or nine, you draw an unbroken line. You do this six times, starting at the bottom. And what you end up with is a hexagram that's made up of an upper trigram and a lower trigram. In the instructions of the Yijing, it tells you to look in the table for your upper trigram, and then you look for the lower trigram on the side of the table. And then where those two values intersect is where you'll find a number that corresponds to the reading for you for that throw. And then you go and read the reading. Like I said, it's kind of random, and the, the question is, well, do I t how seriously do I take this? 
And my answer is, insofar as it provides you with the guidance that makes sense for you and that whatever particular aspect you're thinking about for that time. That's it. Now, there's a little bit more to it than that, but that's the gist of it. The I Ching dates back way past the Tao Te Ching, and from what I understand, is a great place for beginners because it reminds us of our Tao virtues for particular days or situations. An I Ching practice can look like consulting it when a decision must be made, or when you're in the middle of a lesson, or even at the beginning of each day. It seems like a pretty easy lift. I mean, throwing the coins and writing it down takes the most time, and that's like 5 to 10 minutes max. Like I said, I think the bottom line is this. We can practice daily cultivation, daily refinement, and daily efforts to move into harmony with the Tao. And how do we do that? How do we stay on the path that will benefit ourselves and humanity? Well, by adopting daily practices that support that. And, just like a tree, we can plant the seed of willingness, then add a little water and sunlight by being open and exploring a few things. And then, time and patience. The seedling sprouts, then slowly develops. This is like our growth, like the development of a practice. Yours can start for five minutes a day, then grow into an hour after a year or two. I found that my practice is never set. It moves and changes along with my needs. After a few years, I've got a little bendy tree, and my branches are still seeking the sun. It's beautiful. And I wish the same and even more for you. So that'll wrap it up today. Thank you for considering how to apply practicing harmony with the doubt with me. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 55 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Charles Johnston. She who possesses firmly established righteousness is like a child newborn who fears neither the stings of poisonous creatures, nor the claws of wild beasts, nor the talons of birds of prey. Her bones are weak, her muscles are soft, and yet she seizes objects firmly. She is without the passions of sex, yet there is creative power within her. This comes from the perfection of the life force. The newborn will cry all day without losing her voice. This comes from the perfection of harmony and her powers. To know harmony is to be firmly established. To be firmly established is to be enlightened. To extend her life outward is calamity. When the impulse of vital energy springs from the heart, this is called strength. When beings have thus reached their full growth, they begin to grow old. This is what is called failure to follow the way. She who follows not the way soon perishes. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, 
we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.